This is a Federal News Network podcast. There's been a lot of talk in defense IT circles about the joint all-domain command and control, the Pentagon's vision to connect all of the military sensors and weapon systems. But so far, there hasn't been much of a clear plan for how to achieve that. DOD says that's about to change. Officials are putting the finishing touches on a JAD C2 strategy. Among other things, it will tell vendors what standards they'll need to use in building defense systems of the future. Federal News Network's Jared Serbu has details. Lieutenant General Dennis Krall, the top technology official on the Pentagon's joint staff, says the JAD-C2 strategy is his number one priority, and it's about 80% complete. When it's released, he says it will outline between 9 and 11 separate lines of effort, all designed to create a common lexicon for the multi-domain warfare systems and doctrines the military services are planning today. You've probably heard of work that's been done on a campaign plan and a capabilities document. There's been a lot of individual parts on data standards, architecture, AI, cloud, cross-domain solutions, and the like. Uh, We've had a lot of effort, but no real guidepost or stripe on the road that we can follow, a cardinal heading that we can get behind and bring some order uh, to how this is progressing so that we know where the winners and losers are uh, in the journey to a better out state, right, an end state. That's really what we're after. Each of the military departments are planning their own contributions to JADC2, at least in the early going. In the case of the Air Force, it's the Advanced Battle Management System. The Army has its Project Convergence, and the Navy has dubbed its initial efforts Project Overmatch. But Crawl says the Defense Department needs to put more rigor behind which technology efforts are funded so that those efforts can fold into a truly joint project over the long term. Even before the strategy's release, he says the joint staff, including the vice chairman who heads the Joint Requirements Oversight Council, has already been building tighter linkages within the department's acquisition leaders to make sure those joint guidelines stick. Meaning that if these requirements come through a JROC, a Requirements Oversight Council, and it comes out of the other end and moves through the system as the approved requirement, there'll be teeth this go around on what we buy and what we fund. We're working very closely with the comptroller, with CAPE, and with services to make sure the investment strategies that go through the process are actually adhered to. So really a manifestation of you get what you allow. And for some time, we've allowed things that we probably shouldn't have. And what we got were some expensive things that didn't necessarily drive us to the right outcome. So that's what's different in that. It all surrounds the strategy. And Crawl says the department is committed to making sure the JADC2 framework that comes into being over the next decade is built from the beginning with international partners in mind. To do that, it will incorporate ideas from the mission partner environment, a set of data-sharing standards DOD's been working on for the better part of a decade. This has been treated, working with partners and our coalition, as an adjunct that we bolt on after the fact. Not the case for this particular go-around with JADC2. We're going to bake this in from the very beginning. And we're going to move with our partners because we're never going to fight. There's no scenario or environment that we can think of that we'll fight alone. And we need our partners in order to achieve the outcomes uh, we're looking to drive towards. So that's going to be fairly new. The other thing to think about is this isn't six business. While the six may have a lead and will work very closely, as I mentioned, uh, with others, this is commander's business. This is war fighting. This is three business to decision makers uh, who need to act quickly, as I mentioned. So there'd be heavy lifting in some of these traditional lanes, but these all point 
toward the, uh, the operations, fires, and war fighting. Overall, Kral says the strategy will frame JADC2's objectives around three areas, gathering data from every system on the battlefield, aggregating that massive stream of data into manageable sets of information, and moving that information to warfighters quickly enough to be useful for decision-making. He says the specific technologies that will eventually make that happen aren't fully understood yet, but the one thing the department is sure of is that it doesn't want proprietary solutions from industry or academia. These are things that we're searching for a little bit different than in the past, not interested in vendor lock, not not interested in buying things that are highly proprietary, looking at things that really do uh, are open, easy to see, easy to adjust, easy to manipulate, and truthfully works well with other things. The only way industry can know that is they've asked us, would DOD please lead and tell us what those standards are? Tell us what those attributes and interfaces and architects are. And that's precisely what we're building in the strategies uh, and the annexes that go with this strategy document for JADC2. So that will soon be revealed of exactly what these inputs and outputs look like from a mission engineering perspective. But Kral says JADC2 isn't necessarily an end state. He says the strategy will emphasize the need to deliver joint capabilities immediately and iteratively improve on them as the military learns more over the next decade. In the near term, most of the investments will most likely fall under the umbrellas of Project Convergence, Project Overmatch, and the Advanced Battle Management System. All of the initial investments in those three efforts uh, are all safe bets, in my opinion. They're really getting at the heart of of learning, breaking, fixing, and experimenting and trying again. Uh, So they're all good. But there's something to consider. How much further do you go down those roads before those investments start to lock us in in a way ahead that may or may not inform the outcome that we seek through the strategy? Uh, That's why that strategy has to be written now to ensure that we capitalize on the good work that's out there, but make sure we're rowing in the same direction uh, for the mid and long-term fight that we have ahead of us. And if we do this right, we'll continuously be looking at that eye forward to make sure that there is no reaching the objective in 10 years, but probably yet another reset to make sure we're on a journey, because this journey will likely never end. As new capabilities come to bear and as adversarial action change the way we think, and the way we fight, we've got to have a dynamic system that accounts for these. So what I would expect are the LOEs, these lines of effort to be durable and enduring, not whipped about by every whim and every desire. But that'll allow us to get a good investment strategy behind our way forward. Jared Serbu, Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Check out Jared's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you're sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.